2: two of the Bill Michaels show here on a football Friday. Thanks for tuning in, Wisconsin, wherever you may be today. Hopefully you are enjoying your Friday. I know some parts of the state are going to get a little snow, which is not fun, but it is December after all, and we've been pretty spoiled with weather this year in most parts of the state of Wisconsin, really, when you think about it. Um, I mean, for crying out loud, at least in the southern half of the state at the beginning of November, we had 70 degree temps. So Overall, even though it's been a lousy year, Wisconsin's been having some pretty good weather, so that's been good. I'm Radio Joe filling in for Bill today. Uh, Bill will be back on Sunday for the Green and Gold Gold game show, which can be heard on many of these same stations. So be sure to tune in immediately following the Packers-Lions game. Uh, to an affiliate near you or on the free radio.com app Uh, on the last hour of the show. If you missed it, I talked a lot about the Milwaukee bucks and kind of gave my whole thoughts on Giannis, whether or not he's going to sign something. I talked about all the James Harden stuff. So if you're interested with any of that, you can check out the podcast at billmichaelsports.com or hit the rewind button on the free radio.com app. And if you don't have the radio.com app yet i suggest that you download it it's free it's easy find bill michael sports and you can consume our content wherever you go so that that's always a nice thing want to hear from you guys though 8558308648 um, we are going to get to the betting lines for week 14 with Chris Raybon of the action network coming coming up here in about a half hour. But what do you guys think is your biggest key to a Packers win on Sunday against this Lions team? Remember the last time the Packers played the Lions, Aaron Rodgers and company put up 41 points. I mean, it was, it, they just destroyed the Lions this time around Detroit really wasn't that much of a threat. And for the last, last Several seasons now, Detroit has always found ways to be a thorn in the Packers' side, especially at Ford Field. It's just, it's been really weird, and we all know that when it comes to divisional matchups and, you know, the common opponents that the Packers deal with, that there are going to be some upsets. There's going to be some disappointment. I mean, we saw the Vikings come into Lambeau Field last month and beat the Packers. So, Anything is possible. Um, I will not say that this is a slam dunk roll out the helmets kind of game against Detroit. Um, yes, Detroit still has something to play for. Do I believe Detroit's a playoff team? Absolutely not. Um, yeah, they have a sliver of hope. But, and, yeah, they did get some confidence beating the Chicago Bears and putting up thirty four points on that defense last week at Soldier Field. But I still feel at the end of the day, The Green Bay Packers are going to win this game. You know, my thing is, we talk about biggest keys. Everyone's talking about the defense, right? The Packers defense. I want to see more of this on Sunday. I want to see more of Kingsley Kiki making an impact up front. We talk about all the time, Kenny Clark doesn't have any help at all. Packers rolling out with the same dudes as before. Packers... Decided not to address it at all in free agency or in the draft, and they just pick up guys off off the scrap heap, off the street, blah blah blah. Well, Kingsley Kiki, that's the second game now where he's actually had a couple of sacks. I mean, he's he's getting after it. I want to see more Kingsley Kiki this week. I want to see more of Rashawn Gary this week. Rashawn Gary has been impressing the last couple of weeks. Now again, you were going up against a pretty pathetic Eagles offensive line last week. So of course you would expect the Packers front to actually win this time in the trenches. And the Chicago Bears offensive line, certainly better than the Eagles, they've been a little banged up too. And they were starting to find it a little bit, getting after Mitch Trubisky. You have another opportunity this week for this Packers defense to continue to find confidence in themselves to make big plays and to get off the field sooner rather than later. And it, granted, it was not a perfect game against Philadelphia. I mean, you remember that very first drive. I mean, Eagles were on the field for almost seven minutes. Got to get off the field. Get that football back in Aaron Rodgers' hands. It is all about gaining confidence. And when we look at how wide open the NFC is this year and the fact that there is not an overly dominant team like there was last year in the San Francisco 49ers, who now more than likely are probably going to miss the playoffs. And again, injuries have killed them. But the fact that it's so wide open this year It's any man's game, and I think if you're the Packers, considering what this offense is putting up week after week in points, if you just have a decent defense to go along with it, yeah, this Packers team could easily make their way into the Super Bowl. You can't let up against the Lions on Sunday. And so that's why I think... Guys like Kingsley Kiki, guys like Rashawn Gary, guys like Darnell Savage need to continue to go out there and make some plays. Even if you're not getting home and sacking Matthew Stafford, make him feel uncomfortable. To me, that's really the key in this. Make Matthew Stafford as uncomfortable as uncomfortable can be. Matthew Stafford played really well against the Bears. The Lions offensive line is actually probably one of their bigger strengths of this team. They can protect Stafford. Stafford can have some time in the pocket to scan the field and hit some of his guys. One guy that's not going to be available likely as of right now, and I'm going to pull up the injury report. I also have some breaking Brewers news. I'll get to that in a minute. But looking at the injury report, one guy who has missed a lot of games this year And the biggest weapon that Matthew Stafford has is Kenny Galladay. I mean, Kenny Galladay has been dealing with a hip and he didn't practice again yesterday. So there's a chance that Kenny Galladay is not going to be coming back on Sunday. So really, the options that Matthew Stafford has, his best options are Marvin Jones and TJ Hawkinson and Quintez Cephas, who has made some plays as of late. So there are some targets there. But if this Packers front can just get in Matthew Stafford's head just a little bit, that's going to lead to some stops. Especially in some big situations like third down. And that's what you got to do. I want this Packers front to continue to find confidence in themselves to make it happen out there. Because to be honest... I haven't really been bought into this defense all season long. And I'm certainly not going to jump the gun and say, yeah, this defense is much better now. Look out. No, I need to be convinced more. These younger guys that Brian Gutekunst drafted, it's time for them to show you something. And you're starting to see it. And if you're going to let guys like Darnell Savage just continue to rove out there and play center field, by all means. If you, can get, if you can find a way to force a couple of turnovers in this game, this Packers team, they're going to run away with this easily. I really do believe that. For those that are maybe not keeping score at home, the Detroit Lions, their defense is bad. I mean, it's really bad. And keep in mind, they did make a trade before the trade deadline for Everson Griffin. He was playing down in Dallas. So you, gotta, you have to respect Everson Griffin. And I think that'll be a guy that the Packers offensive line will be really uh, keying in on, on Sunday. But overall, this defense top to bottom for the Lions is just awful. I mean, they're 31st in the NFL when it comes to giving up points, points per game. And the Packers offense is number one in the NFL when it comes to putting up points per game. So to me, if I'm a betting man, and I'll try to throw it, to Chris Raybon, when we talked to him in about 20 minutes or so. I got to think the Packers are going to put up 40 easily on the lions. The only way that this game is close is if the Packers defense just decides to not be that same defense we saw last week against Philadelphia. They start taking a step back. Then it might be a shootout. Shouldn't have to come to that. The Packers should win this game on Sunday. I'm not going to guarantee it though. Because I give a little respect to Matthew Stafford. I do. I mean, it's just, and I'll talk about Stafford on the other side, because I just, I feel bad for that guy. I really do. I really feel bad for him. But for me, when I'm looking into this game, the defense just needs to continue to know their assignments, beat guys on the line, especially talking about up front, and just make an impact. Do something. You've got a good enough secondary. It's just this front that has to wreak some kind of havoc here on Stafford. If you let Stafford get too comfortable, it could be a much longer day for the Packers and a little bit closer than what fans would like. But what's the biggest key to you? 855-830-8648, 855-830-8648. That's where you can hit us up. Also some breaking news here on the Bill Michael show and all breaking news brought to you by Mercedes Benz vans. You can find out how far an extra mile really goes. The Milwaukee Brewers have officially completed their trade with the Dodgers uh, that involved Corey Knabel. Uh, You remember when that trade went down, it was a player to be named later. Well, that player is a left-handed pitcher, Leo Crawford, um, originally from Nicaragua uh, Crawford, who didn't, Pitch at all last year because he's a prospect, but um, and and because obviously the minor leagues weren't happening this past year, so you got to go back to his numbers in 2019. Uh, between high A with Rancho Cucamonga, I love saying that Rancho Cucamonga, and Double A uh, Tulsa, he had some good numbers. He was seven and four with a two eight one ERA in 25 games. He started 21 of them. Uh, he just issued 27 walks to 134 strikeouts in just over 120 innings pitched. It's not bad. So you got a potential starter you could go to down the road. Now, I only have one objection to this. Just one. This dude isn't a top 30 prospect. And I just would have thought that the Brewers, based on the potential upside of Corey Knable, like, if he can just get healthy and be able to find himself again and get comfortable again. And we started to see it right at the end of the year. I'm worried that the Dodgers could really hit big on Corey Knebel. that Corey Knebel could be, could have a huge year for the Dodgers if he figures it out. And I just feel like when you're talking about that kind of upside, and we all knew how dominant Corey Knebel was as a closer. Like, if he can find that velocity again, that is going to be huge for the Dodgers. And I just feel like the Brewers might have been able to get a little bit more from the Dodgers. Again, if you're going to do business with the Dodgers, I expect them to make the Dodgers hurt just a little bit in what they're giving up. And no disrespect to Leo Crawford, the numbers are good. I mean, he he is a decent pitcher. He's 23 years old. He's probably a guy that could help this Brewers team perhaps this coming season. We'll see. But I just feel like with the amount of upside there is with Corey Canable, the Brewers could have gotten a little bit more than just one guy. I mean, you couldn't get even a top 30 prospect. Even a young kid, like a 19-year-old or a 20-year-old, I, I just, I don't know. I don't want to nitpick, but I, I think I am nitpicking. So that, that came across the wire here with the Brewers. Leo Crawford, left-hander from the Dodgers, prospect, um, my guess is he'll probably be in AAA uh, this coming year, but we'll see what happens there. Um, and that's some of the breaking news here on the Bill Michaels show. All right, so other side, we will talk more about your biggest key to a Packers win. Again, 855-830-8648. I also want to tell you guys something I'm not going to nitpick about, something I'm going to brag about. And if you guys are trying to find a new car, I suggest wherever you are in the state, by the way, this is not just southeastern Wisconsin, guys. I'm talking about anywhere in the state. If you're looking for a new car, I suggest that you buy Hyundai because it's a great car, but I really want you to buy with Hyundai West Dallas. Hyundai West Dallas is the place to go to buy a new or used car. And what they're doing right now at Hyundai West Dallas, they are having the winter sell-down event. So all new vehicles, they're sold at or below dealer invoice. They will match any Wisconsin dealer's offer. They are offering top Kelly Blue Book values on trades, which includes 0% financing available, no payments until February, no down payment needed. They also offer, get this, and, and this is for all you guys who are listening up in Wausau, Green Bay, Eau Claire, out west in La Crosse, even our friends in Viroqua, for crying out loud. They are offering a fully no-touch digital delivery where you can sign all the papers from your living room. That's right. You can buy a car by just staying in your home and doing it all digitally. As long as you have an iPad or a tablet, you can get this done. You don't have to drive all the way to West Dallas. Come on. I mean, if you want to, if you want to go on a road trip, by all means, but you don't have to do that. If you just go to Dallas.com, there's three different ways where you can look into and how you want to buy a car, and they will work with you at Hyundai West Dallas. And also, if you want to save a little money on that new car, if you mention my name, Radio Joe or Joe Zanzola, you will get an additional $500 off. It's all happening at Hyundai West Dallas. That is where you should be buying your car. Hyundai, it is a it really is a great car. I have a Hyundai Sonata. I love it. HyundaiWestallis.com, Hyundai West Dallas, off of Highway 100, of course, in West Allis. We'll have more of the Bill Michaels show next.
1: Wisconsin wide, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. This segment of the Bill Michaels Show brought to you by our friends at Quick Trip. What's for dinner? Quick Trips got you covered. Take-home meals prepared fresh in their kitchen, ready to heat and eat in yours. Choose from the options like fettuccine alfredo with chicken and so much more.
2: That's our friends at Quick Trip. Welcome back, Wisconsin. Bill Michael's show continues. Radio Joe with you. And for Bill today, he'll be back Sunday for the Green and Gold post-game show. And also, he'll be back on Monday as well. Evan Heffelfinger, associate producer, other side of the glass. My good old buddy. <laughs> Asking you guys, biggest key to a Packers win on Sunday, 855 830 8648. 855 830 8648. So I do want to talk about Matthew Stafford because the situation right now in Detroit. I, I mean, we all know how much of a black hole the Detroit Lions have been. I mean, the organization, no matter who goes there to try to fix it, no matter who the head coach is, it doesn't matter. It's constant failure. And it's, you know what, it's sad. Like, again, we as Packer fans here are more than spoiled with what we have right now, of course. I mean, it can always be worse. You can be the Detroit Lions. I do think that whoever the next GM is of the organization they really need to consider trading Matthew Stafford. You know, if the Lions are smart, they just need to do a full-on rebuild. I mean, they just have to do that. They've got some young pieces, but it's just not enough right now. I mean, you got to have a great draft in 2021 to have a lot of impact players help you right now, and I just don't see that happening. A lot of people were high on the Lions this season. And they have really let people down again. I mean, it's it's the same old Lions. I mean, yeah, it was cool to see them beat the Chicago Bears last week and watch the Bears choke that one away with a 10-point lead. But the Lions continue to wallow in misery. And I just think it's probably in their best interest to move Matthew Stafford and – try to find the next quarterback of the future at a much cheaper cost. Now, again, there's going to be a cap hit here, whatever team decides to take on Matthew Stafford. But when you think about it, we all know Matthew Stafford deserves better, right? I mean, the Lions have failed building a team around him. Matthew Stafford, for many seasons, has been pretty close to a top 10 quarterback, if not top 15. I mean, he's been solid, and he's had some great seasons at that position. Do I think Matthew Stafford is going to be a Pro Football Hall of Famer? No, I don't think he makes the cut, especially when you can't win a championship. I mean, we debate this about Matt Ryan all the time down in Atlanta. So I just think there are several NFL teams that if they had Matthew Stafford on, they could make a huge difference by not only just getting in the postseason, but putting a dent and maybe trying to get on that run. And if I'm the Detroit Lions, I should consider shopping Matthew Stafford. Like, that's just, that's what I would do. And try to bring in more draft capital and restock for the future. Because I just don't think whatever they do in the next couple of years, I mean, Matthew Stafford's only getting older. So there's several teams that I think would make a lot of sense. And it starts with the team down south from here, the Chicago Bears. I mean, can you imagine Matthew Stafford in that Bears offense? Way better than Mitch Trubisky, way better than Nick Foles. He's going to have good receivers to throw to. He's got a good running back behind him. That's an offense that can make a huge jump if Matthew Stafford is under center and not one of those other chumps. Problem is, would the Lions really want to do business with the Bears? I don't know. But if I'm the Chicago Bears and if Ryan Pace finds a way to keep his job, I think maybe that's where I should look. Because you got the defense to get it done. You need the quarterback. That's all you need in Chicago. So that's one area that I'm looking at. Another team that I think could really use the services of Matthew Stafford are the Indianapolis Colts. Again, that's another team with a really good defense and an aging quarterback in Phillip Rivers. There could be an opportunity there for Indianapolis to make that happen. I mean, really, I, I I think that would be another good fit for Matthew Stafford. Now the Colts have to decide what they want to do about Jacoby Brissett. I mean, I thought maybe this would be the year Jacoby Brissett really gets an opportunity in Indy, but instead they bring in Philip Rivers and Philip Rivers just he, he, age is catching up with the guy. So, is Jacoby Brissett the future? Is it Jacob Eason who you drafted? I don't know. But Matthew Stafford would make a lot of sense in Indianapolis. Another team that would make a lot of sense for Matthew Stafford, um, did you watch the game last night? Did you watch the Patriots? Did you watch Cam Newton play like crap again? When Bill Belichick can't make Cam Newton a better quarterback, I don't think Cam Newton has it anymore. Matthew Stafford would make a lot of sense in New England. And we've seen the Patriots do business with the Detroit Lions before. Not only just with Matt Patricia going over there, but we've seen a lot of trades go down between those two teams. So that could be something to look at as well. And if the Patriots lose some more games, their draft stock is certainly going to go up. And that could make it even more intriguing for the Lions to do business with New England. And New England could definitely go back and compete in the AFC East next year with Buffalo and Miami if you have Matthew Stafford. And then there's other teams that could make sense for Stafford. Like, if John Elway is not feeling confident about Drew Locke in Denver, again, they've got a good defense. But is Drew Locke the guy? Matthew Stafford could make sense if it's all about winning now in Denver. And the Giants and the and the Washington football team, I mean, again, those are two teams that, you know, I don't know if the Giants want to give up on Daniel Jones at all. We've seen some strides from Daniel Jones. But, again, if Joe Judge thinks he can win in a weaker NFC East, maybe that's something the Giants try. Same thing with Washington. Washington's still trying to find their identity, but they've got a decent defense. So there are suitors out there that I think would make a lot of sense for Matthew Stafford, but I just think the Lions are kind of dumb to try and keep him around and try to hope that they can win with him. I just think that that organization has to blow it up again. They just have to. And Matthew Stafford certainly deserves better. And Packer fans, we should all be thankful that the Lions have not been better with that quarterback at the helm. You know, I mean, really, the Lions could have been the biggest foes of the Packers for almost a decade had they actually been able to build a defense to go along with what Matt Stafford has been able to bring. So that's really interesting to me. And we'll see what the Lions do as they try to figure out their GM, they try to figure out their head coach, whether Daryl Bevel's that guy or not. But that will be something very intriguing to watch this offseason. Again, you guys can get in 855-830-8648 on your biggest keys to a Packers win. But coming up on the other side, we will start looking at the betting lines for Week 14. Chris Raybon of the Action Network joins us next here on the Bill Michael Show.
1: You're listening to the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network.
2: The Bill Michaels Show. Thanks for tuning in wherever you may be across the great state of Wisconsin and beyond the borders as well. I'm Radio Joe Zanzola, holding down the fort for Bill. He'll be back on Sunday with the Green and Gold post-game Show, and he'll be back on Monday as well. It's hard to believe it's week 14 in the NFL. We are just flying by. We're already almost Midway through the month of December, we're almost done with this lousy year. There's just so much going on, but uh, this week there are some great games across the NFL, a lot of intriguing matchups, and you're probably you're asking asking yourself, what should you bet on? A lot of people are betting, and to get more on some of the lines for these games, he joins us every Friday at this time. Chris Raybon, senior editor from the Action Network. Chris, what's going on? How's it going, Joe? I'm doing well, doing well. So there's a lot of games to look at, um, and I want to start off with a game that is going to be really crucial when it comes to the playoffs. You've got Minnesota going on the road, taking on Tampa Bay, and Minnesota is just a hard team to figure out. But right now, at last check, Tampa Bay is a 6.5-point favorite. Um, where, where, I mean, is could that line adjust, or does that sound about right? Yeah, it's a great— situational spot for Tampa Bay,
3: you know, they're coming off a buy. I think they really needed that, you know, they're an older team. They did struggle in prime time a bunch. So that, that buy coming at this point uh, is really going to help them. I think uh, we are seeing 62% of the public backing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 59% of the money uh, is on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And uh, if you believe in, in the trends in, in Tom Brady, and what he's been able to do for his career, he is forty and fourteen, seventy-four uh, percent when he's coming off a loss uh, the week in the game before. And uh, Bruce Arians has also had a lot of success preparing his team uh, to bounce back coming off a loss. He is twenty-seven and fifteen against the spread in his career, sixty-four percent, including four and zero this season.
2: One game that's uh really pathetic when we come when we're looking at two teams i mean mike mccarthy and the dallas cowboys nothing has gone right uh for them this season and it's just been a disaster and they're taking on another team that's also having a pretty rough year uh losing their number one overall pick and joe burrow for the season the cincinnati bengals should betters stay away from a game like this because there's just you just really don't know how this is going to go between these two teams because they're that bad or is there opportunity there this
3: one, I mean, if there is a stay away game, I would say this one is it. Just because there is a lot of uncertainty with, you know, we have we just haven't seen that many uh, games of, you know, Cincinnati starting quarterbacks and and uh, Dallas. You know, they're we don't know exactly where their motivation is at. They still technically have like a one and a half percent chance to make the playoffs. Uh, but Cincinnati came out feisty last week against Miami. I mean, multiple guys got ejected, so this could be. Uh, kind of a tough spot for Dallas if they aren't emotionally prepared. Now, the public tends to like to back Dallas. That's cooled down a little bit this year, but we're still seeing uh, just over half of the public betting tickets on the Cowboys, 52%, and a little bit more of the money, 57%, uh, also on Dallas to cover the three-and-a-half-point spread at Cincinnati.
2: Talking with Chris Raybon of the Action Network here on the Bill Michaels Show as we're looking at, Uh, Some of the betting lines for Week 14 across the NFL. Uh, Arizona is going coast-to-coast this week. They'll be on the East Coast taking on the G-Men, the New York football Giants. Uh, Right now, the Cardinals are two-and-a-half-point favorites. Um, Where is the money going on this one?
3: Right now, we're seeing about two-thirds of the money on the Cardinals, 63% of the bet, 66% of the money. Uh, This line has come off the board at a number of books. I uh, remember there was some, some uncertainty uh, surrounding Daniel Jones. And so uh, it's, it's not necessarily posted back up everywhere, but uh, two-thirds of the money on Arizona here. And uh, the Giants aren't going to be an easy out. I, I mean, they're a great teaser piece. If 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 you anyone's familiar with betting teasers, you know, a six-point teaser, you could tease the Giants to eight and a half or nine. They haven't lost by more than one possession since the third week of the season.
2: Uh, one game that's certainly going to be a lot of fun to watch in the early slate of games is Kansas City taking on Miami and certainly a big test for the Chiefs, but certainly a big test uh, for Miami as well as they try to uh, knock off Pat Mah- or Patrick Mahomes and company. Right now it looks like uh, seven and a half point favorites for the Chiefs. Could that adjust at all?
3: Yeah, some, some wise guys did actually uh, hit the Dolphins, and this line has kind of stayed put or, or, or even reversed, so uh, that is kind of telling you that, that books also have some, some respected bettors uh, backing the Chiefs as well, and you look at the percentages here, the money versus the, the bet tickets, and 54% of the tickets are on the Chiefs, so it's about even, but 74% nearly two-thirds of the, uh, three-fourths, excuse me, of the money on Kansas City. Seventy-four percent of the money on Kansas City here. Also, 96% of the money on the over 50-and-a-half.
2: All right, let's look at some of the late games, because there's also a lot of great late games to keep an eye on, one of which is Seattle. I mean, Russell Wilson has not played at an MVP level here the last month, um, he he's got a golden opportunity here against the Jets, and right now the Seahawks are fourteen point favorites against the Jets. Um, the thing is, I just don't know if Seattle's going to be able to cover that or not, based on how lackluster they've been lately.
3: Yeah, this is one of those spots that kind of sets up well if you, you are kind of looking to to go against the grain and and, and weigh the points. You know, it's usually not recommended, but Given what happened last week, the Jets almost pull off an upset. Seattle comes out flat and and gets upset. We are seeing the public, and this is usually not going to happen, so this is kind of notable, but more than half of the public on the Jets, 53%, uh, and two-thirds of the money also on the Jets. However, Adam Gase just 5-18 against the spread in his career, 22% when he is a road underdog plus five and a half or more. Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson, that combination off a loss. 25 and 13, 66% against the spread in their careers.
2: Yeah, that is, uh, that is very interesting there about Adam Gase. And again, I just don't know if Adam Gase is going to be sticking around after this year. It's just been a disaster with the New York Jets. Another game to pay attention to is Atlanta taking on the Chargers. And right now, Atlanta... Again, they're going coast to coast. They're gonna play on the West Coast against Justin Herbert and company. We saw Herbert struggle last week against New England. Right now, Atlanta is a point and a half favorite. I gotta think that one could change and maybe that's even a pick'em.
3: Yeah, I think it would be a pick em if not for uh the struggles of the Chargers in kind of the intangible areas of the game, you know, coaching, preparation, uh that's continuously been brought up with Anthony Wynn, who could be gone after the season. Uh, not a great sign that they came out flat You know, as they get eliminated from the playoffs the week before. They come out flat, at least 45-zip. Last week, uh, usually this is a good spot to, to bet on the, the team that got shut out. Uh, those teams tend to cover uh, at about a, a 66% clip coming off a straight-up shutout, but uh, this Charger team has just kind of defied all trends this year. and So you're seeing 51% of the of the bets on the Falcons dead even, but 81% of the money on the Falcons. That is one of the largest discrepancies of the week. Some big money bets coming in on the Falcons here.
2: Couple more games here with Chris Raybon of the Action Network here on the Bill Michael Show, and you can follow Chris on Twitter as well at Chris Raybon. Uh, New Orleans and Philadelphia, another late game. New Orleans. Seven-point favorites, and I'm I'm kind of surprised by that because after what we saw from the Eagles, they're just not a good football team. Um, New Orleans should be able to cover this, right? Well,
3: you, you have the, the one benefit that the Eagles have working in their favor now is that Carson Wentz was so bad that it's hard to get worse, and you have this uh, the uncertainty. You, you have the, the advantage of uncertainty here where you haven't really seen much but film on Jalen Hurts, uh, you haven't seen a full game plan uh, with Jalen Hurts in charge of that offense. Because remember, we didn't even have preseason. And so I think that's why this number is sticking put at seven. Uh, the public backing New Orleans here, not surprising. 67% of the bets, 85% of the money is on New Orleans. So this is one that the, the books, uh, they're going to be rooting heavy for Philadelphia uh, and Philadelphia could actually provide some contrarian value here. Uh, you know, they still can uh, get some decent pressure. It's, it's in Philadelphia. And, and, again, you know, it's not like this, this offense is already bottomed out. So anything they get from here out uh, out of hurts, is a bonus. And you're going against a similar kind of, of offense now, you know, with Taysom Hill, one that's had to kind of put some things together with, with a whole different kind of quarterback.
2: All right, just two more real quick, one of which is going to be a huge matchup between the Steelers going on the road, taking on the Buffalo Bills. Um, how should betters approach this one, or is this one maybe you should stay away from? Uh, I love this spot. You know, you don't get too many of these spots, but Pittsburgh
3: coming off a loss, Mike Tomlin, you, you could tell he's been looking for this opportunity. He's a rah-rah coach. These are the times when he's at his best and he prepares his team the best. In his career, 36 and 18, doubling up 67% against the spread as an underdog doesn't happen that often. Sure. And, and then off a the loss, he is 42 and 30, 58% uh, in his career uh, against the spread. Right now, the public backing Buffalo after the primetime win. So this is one where the, the number is two. It'll probably jump. It'll probably jump around between two and a half and one and a half, but. Uh, With the public on Buffalo, I'd advise waiting a little bit, seeing if maybe it goes closer to three again, Uh, and uh, the Steelers are definitely the sharper side in this one.
2: All right, and then last one, we only got about 30 seconds, Chris, but the Packers and the Lions, of course, everyone's going to be paying attention to that. Packers right now, seven-and-a-half-point favorites in this one. Yeah, and here we're seeing
3: the 54% of the bets on the Packers, 52% of the money on the Lions, and that's because you're getting that extra half point now uh, so it's it pretty split, but 89% of the money is on over 55.
2: All right. Well, some good stuff there. He is Chris Raybon, senior editor of the Action Network, and you can follow him on Twitter at Chris Raybon. Chris, as always, thank you, and we'll uh, do it again next Friday.
3: it's a pleasure, Joe. Take care
2: and Chris Raybon joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider they are hiring right now. 844 Pride or go to schneiderjobs.com again. That's 844 Pride or go to schneiderjobs.com. The Badgers football team takes on Iowa. But does anyone really care? We'll talk about it next here on the Bill Michael show.
1: Now, a green and gold update, brought to you by Concordia University, Wisconsin, Veterans Services Department. Learn how to use your military benefits at cuw.edu slash veterans. In Green Bay, here's
0: Mike Clemens. The Packers head to Detroit to face the Lions 325 Sunday afternoon at Ford Field. On special teams return man Tyler Irvin now on IR with an ankle injury. Malik Taylor, who returned to kickoff, has a hamstring. So could Trayvon Austin picked up on waivers? See action Sunday? Matt LaFleur wouldn't say. He's somebody that has done it before. I think his familiarity with just some of the things we're doing offensively from our past time together in L.A. has certainly expedited his learning curve. Last year the Packers offense ranked 15th in scoring this year the team is number one in points scored what's made the difference Aaron Rodgers I think it's a comfort for everybody in the offense simplicity even and then you know guys making steps growing up and uh, taking that next step into their development after beating the bears the lions kept their slim playoff hopes alive for a wild card spot does that have the players excited lions veteran defensive end erison griffin
3: um you know i'm gonna pass on that question right now right now i'm focused on you know going out there and beating the green bay packers on prime time tv with my teammates but my focus is on Aaron Rodgers and
1: David Bakhtiari.
0: That's Detroit's Everson Griffin in Green Bay. I'm Mike Clemens on the Bill Michaels Show.
2: A couple minutes here before the top of the hour, Bill Michaels Show continues. Radio Joe with you. Mike Clemens will join us in the last hour of today's show today. So stay tuned. Always a lot of fun listening to the insight from inside the locker room. So the Wisconsin Badgers football team, they do play the Iowa Hawkeyes this weekend. And, you know, for the Badger faithful out there, I know you guys are going to be watching, especially you Badger alum, I get it. But it just stinks that there's really not much to play for anymore. Um, and it just, you know, again, I, I this was something I kind of saw coming that, you know, when you lose Jonathan Taylor and you lose Quintes Cephas, it's going to be hard to make up for that, and it doesn't help the situation when your other best receivers on the team are out. Uh, Danny Davis is not going to be playing in this game coming up. So the way I see it right now with the Wisconsin Badgers going forward, this is all exhibition. You just want to get as many reps as you can for Graham Mertz, Jalen Berger, Chimery DK, a lot of these young players where you can see where the potential is. You know that these guys are going to be huge playmakers for the Badgers as we go along here, not to mention the recruiting classes that Paul Chris has been able to put together. But I just, there, there's a lot of talk about whether or not Jack Cohn could see some action because he's healthy now. And I know Paul Chris likes to be loyal to his QBs. I'm okay if he puts Jack Cone in for a couple of series to get him some work. But as far as I'm concerned, try not to take any more away from Graham Mertz. He needs to be playing. He needs to be getting the reps. He needs more Big Ten competition. It's only going to make him better. That's the big picture here, guys. So we'll see how this goes. Again, it kind of sucks that you don't have much to play for. Iowa has always played it close with the Badgers. It should be a good football game, but give me some Graham Mertz, baby. Come on, let's go. Coming up after the top of the hour, I got a little surprise for Evan Heffelfinger. And we want to hear from you. Biggest keys to a Packers win. This is The Bill Michaels Show.
1: Border to Border. The Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network.